Okay. I'm not going to talk very long. I hope you didn't come to church thinking you're just going to sit there and do nothing. Um, this is not a, we're not, we're not into the lecture thing. Uh, we, we're a body of, of people that minister to each other. Um, I am not the minister. You are the ministers. My job is to equip you to do the ministry. So when we come together as a family, we minister to one another. So um, <clears throat> I know I talked a little bit about it last week, but if you know church history, before the Reformation, the center of the gathering was communion, the table. That was the central point of this time together. That's the crescendo. That's the most important moment was communion. Everything else revolved around that moment. The Reformation happened, and um, which I am obviously a Protestant. I think it was a good thing. Um, but it, it, it was a uh, division over theological doctrinal lines, right? And so when the, when the Reformation happened, the church, the Protestants, felt the need to reinforce biblical doctrine back into the church um, to kind of delineate themselves from what they came out of. So over time, teaching became the center of the gathering. And I believe there's a place for teaching I love, I love teaching. We want to get into the Word. The Word will always be a part of what we do. But I just feel from the Lord this kind of coming back to the table. And this being the gathering of the family, like it's Sunday supper, and you may have had a busy week and all that, but every Sunday we come back to the table together, catch up with each Hey, how was your week? How was your week? How can I pray for you? And we come to the table and we minister to one another. So I'm going to, I have very... A very simple one-point message uh, from a short story in the Bible, and then we're going to go to the table. I want us to be a people. We can thumb through this book, put our finger anywhere, and go, oh, man, I, I can get to the table from there. I can get to, to bread and juice from this story. So um, today I want to talk to you about uh, a fave of mine. I want to talk about Martha and Mary. This is uh, Luke 10, 38. Luke 10, 38 to 42. <clears throat> now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care? I love that right there. Lord, do you not care? Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her. I love that she called him Lord and then told him what to do. <laughs> Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Um, it's Martha's house. She's hosting Jesus. And at this point, Jesus is kind of a big deal. And I know some of you ladies, and it's just you love to host. And if anybody's coming over, it's a big deal. But if somebody like Jesus was coming over, 
I can tell you at my house, it would not be peaceful. It would be noisy and loud. Somebody pick up their socks. Why is there, why are there, why is there a pair of underwear in the kitchen? We'd be yelling and screaming. At each, we would be getting the house right. And I imagine Martha is on high alert. Hey, don't judge. Crazy things happen in our house. Uh, Martha is on high alert. She is hosting God. And, um, and Mary's not helping her. Lord, do you not care? And Jesus replies, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. The Greek here, when he says, you're anxious and troubled about many things, the word picture here is like there's a lot of little pieces, like shattered pieces, or, or like a puzzle. Martha, Martha, you're working on a very complicated puzzle here. You've got a lot of pieces. You're trying to figure out where they all go. Have you, have you noticed that how much worry complicates things? The simplest of tasks. You, but you interject worry and, or anxiety. I can remember one time in, uh, being introduced to someone who was I, was, I was a teenager, and introduced to someone who was a pretty powerful person, pretty important person, in the community, and I'm being introduced to the person, he asked me a very, very simple question. How old are you? <laughs> and I could not blame it on dementia. <laughs> now I think I can kind of get away with that. But then, I, I'm, I'm like 13, I think, and I'm anxiety made the simplest question so complex. My mind is racing, and I'm like, I, sh- I know when I was born. And I start doing the math. I'm like, I was born in 81. I'm like, how do you forget your birthday? Anxiety and worry makes things complicated. I mean, when you worry about your kids, there's a million ways they could die. I mean, there is a million. Life becomes so complex. I'm, I'm 40, and I'm worrying about my health. And it's like, the more I worry, the more complex it gets. When really, it's like, okay, Nathan, eat less, move more. <laughs> like, but my worry, my anxiety, no, I've got to figure something out. There's, there's some magic bullet out there where I can still have ice cream. I know there is. Worry complicates things. So Martha has this huge puzzle she's putting together. She had a picture in her mind of a perfect moment with Jesus. And it's got a lot of pieces to it. And some of these pieces are just not in place. And Mary didn't know it, but Mary was one of these pieces. And her anxiety is building because she's got a fractured picture. And Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, your picture is so complicated. 
Mary has a one-piece puzzle. She's chosen the good portion. Why would I take, why would I complicate life for her? Why, why would I interject worry and anxiety into the situation? Why would I fragment her picture? She's got this beautiful one-piece puzzle. It's so simple. Mary has chosen the good portion. In uh, Numbers 18, I love this. This uh, promise from God to Aaron. Numbers 18, verse 20 says, And the Lord said to Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in the land. I'm going to simplify your life. You get nothing. Neither shall you have any, any portion among them. Listen. You're, at this point, you're going, okay, wait a minute. Aaron chose to put his neck on the line with Moses to stand in front of Pharaoh. And remember, he spoke on behalf of Moses. Like there were Moses' ideas, but Aaron's the one actually verbalizing them. Like if I was Aaron, I probably would have coined the phrase, don't shoot the messenger. Like, so he's done a lot here for, for God. And, and now it's time to get his portion, his reward. And God's saying, yeah, I'm not going to give you any land. I'm not going to give you any, any of the portion among the people, any of the spoils. And you're going, what? Raw deal. But listen to the next sentence. I am your portion. And your inheritance among the people of Israel. The Levites were the one tribe of Israel that did not get a portion of land given to them. Because God said, I will be their portion. What a simple life. Just you and Jesus. Psalm, uh, Psalm 16.5 says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. I love that. He's my portion and my cup. And for me, when I read that this week, I couldn't help but end up at the table. Like, okay, we got a loaf of bread, and we're going to portion it out. I'm choosing this piece. This is my chosen portion and my cup. And um, if you're looking at this in the Bible, this story here, Martha and Mary, the very next chapter, the third verse. So I read you the end of chapter 10. So three verses later, Jesus is teaching his disciples, and he says, hey, pray this. Give us each day our daily. Choose your portion. Choose your portion. And I just felt as I was preparing for you today, just to ask you, what is your portion? What's your portion? Worry, anxiety. What complicated picture are you trying to put together with your life? And Jesus is saying, 
so anxious about so many things. Let's simplify. I'll be your portion. Don't worry about retirement. Don't worry about your kids' education. Don't worry what the future holds. I hold the future, and I am your portion. something beautiful and I think it adds a layer of meaning to the Lord's prayer when we realize he is our portion when he comes to the table and breaks the bread and said this is my body I know that we pray the Lord's prayer and we say give us each day our daily bread we're just asking God to meet our needs Lord I need money for rent I need food for my belly but I'm not sure that's what we're praying here. Lord, you are my daily bread. You're my portion. You're my inheritance. So as we come to the table today, I just want to invite you to simplify. What's your portion? Where are you choosing to live? How complicated is your life? I can guarantee you, complicated is not where Jesus has led you. He's got a beautiful one-piece puzzle. <laughs> a picture for your life. So as we come to the table with all our worry and all our anxiety... The Bible calls them vain imaginations. Vain imaginations. I love it. It reminds me of, I think it was Mark Twain that said, here, I actually have it in my phone. I'll read it to you. You probably have heard this quote. I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. They were all in vain. You only have so many minutes on this planet. How many of them have we wasted vainly imagining some creative way that things could go wrong and forgetting our portion? How could it be that the God who didn't just provide bread to us but became bread for us would let you slip through his fingers? Come on. So we come to the table today. And if you're like me, you say, Lord, my mind has gotten out of control again. I'm imagining what three people have been thinking about me all week and what, they're say, what they said and how they interpreted what I... This is where my mind goes. Maybe I'm the only one that does this. I have a conversation with somebody and the, a slight tone at the end and I go, I knew it. They hate me. <laughs> they hate me. Did you hear how she said goodbye? I knew it. I messed it up again. And I go home, and my imagination begins to spiral, and I'm going, oh, it's over. It's, it stinks because I really love them. And now our friendship is over. And all it was was 
you know, her phone buzzed in her pocket while she said goodbye to me or something. And, and I am off on another planet imagining how much, you know, I'm so important to her life that she, all she does is think about me all week long and how horrible I am because I am that important. The world revolves around me and everybody is thinking about me. They're either thinking about how much they love me or they're thinking about how much they hate me. But either way, it's all about me. And so I come to the table today. God, I've made it so complicated. I have this picture for my life. I have this picture for the church. It's going to look like this. We're going to have nice little sandwiches and tea. I'm sure Martha had it all planned out. Get out the nice tablecloth. And life just isn't looking like that. And so maybe we can come today to the table and say, Lord, uh, I've got this puzzle and I cannot figure out how, how to put it together. Can we just scrap this thing? You're my portion. You're the picture that's being painted in my life. You're the one-piece puzzle. If I've got you, I've got everything I need, You're my shepherd, I shall not want. I like to imagine that David said that to himself, not that he didn't want, but he was telling himself, David, the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. He's saying, come on, soul, we don't want anything. We have a good shepherd. So I'm going to pray, and then I'll be a little more clear this week. Sorry about last week. The only rule I have, I have two rules about communion. Communion is a family meal for those who believe in Jesus. So I ask that you believe in Jesus, that you have surrendered your life to Jesus to partake in the meal. Um, And that's not me being mean or nasty. That's for your protection. You, sh- you should read some of the stuff in the New Testament, warnings about communion, taking it wrongly and bringing a curse on your life. Uh, so we, we want to take it rightly. We want to take it as believers, and we want to take it in community, in right relationship. So, um, yeah, if you're a believer, and then the, I just don't want you taking it alone. Don't take it alone. Get in a group and just share. I don't, I don't have a fancy question today. But maybe there's some things in your life where you've been worried or anxious that you just need to bring to the table and leave at the table. Share those with the people you're taking communion with. And just as a group, can we just come back and say, okay, oh yeah, I don't, I don't need all this stuff in my life. The Lord is my portion. I don't, need, I don't need to have all my ducks in a row. The Lord is my portion. Let me pray. And then you just get in a group, head over to the table. You can turn these chairs around however you want, make circles, whatever. Um, Make yourself at home. So just create an environment where we can really share with one another. Uh, Let me pray, and then we'll do that. Lord, we thank you for your beautiful, simple gospel. Lord, we're 
I better not say we. I can identify with Martha. And if I'm honest, I'm worried and I'm anxious about many things. You just take a moment. You push pause. And we want to choose the greater portion. Take the world, give me Jesus. You can have all this world, just just give me Jesus. We come today to the table reminding us of who our portion is. We are our portion and our cup. You're our shepherd. We have all that we need. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us simplify. We ask for undivided hearts. Satisfied with the one thing. Thank you for breaking your body. You don't just provide the bread, you are the bread. Thank you for spilling your blood. You didn't just provide a cup, you became the cup. And when we remember that the one who laid down his life for us holds all things together by the word of his power our hearts are at rest you're our portion amen amen find a few people come to the table with them and just share some of those things those worries those many things that you'd like to leave at the table and embrace the simple, beautiful life Jesus has for you. Amen.